As always, thank you for listening to this Pinball Profile. My name is Jeff Teolis. No intros today, no double-meaning songs. It's, in fact, a day that we buried David Taylor from Birmingham, Alabama. And it's a sad, sad day for many. If you don't know who David was, I ask of you to listen to this podcast to see how he touched uh, so many different people and what he meant to others, not just in his family, not just in his city, but across the entire pinball community. It's very rare that I'm at a loss for words, but this one really hurt. In fact, on Saturday this past weekend, I woke up getting ready to book TPF and went on the internet, saw the news that David had passed away by many different posts on Facebook, and it's all I could think of the whole entire weekend. I even forgot to book TPF. Like others, when you lose somebody that you care about, it definitely hurts, and people mourn in different ways, and there is no wrong way to mourn. It's however you want to remember the person. Obviously, there are people that are extremely sad and and have some difficulty for some time in dealing with death. And there are others that are really good at celebrating the life of the person they lost. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to do today. A few years ago, I had to speak at my Uncle Jeff's funeral. Certainly, it was unexpected when my Uncle Jeff committed suicide. I know he was somebody that meant the world to me. My Uncle Jeff was only three years older than I was. In fact, I was named after him. So he was more like a big brother to me. He lived across the street. I idolized him. He was the funniest person I knew. So as tough as it was to speak that funeral, I just wanted people to remember the good times and remember when he was healthy. When we lose somebody, for me, it's natural to think of some of the other people that we've lost in our lives. And for those mourning David Taylor, I hope you find that strength that you can do the same. Remember the good times. Remember when David made you smile, because he was always smiling. What's going to make this easier for me to do is that there are other people that have reached out and said some wonderful things about David Taylor. When I posted that he was sick on my Facebook pinball profile page, a lot of people made some lovely comments about David. Alex Huffman wrote, one of the best guys I knew, he'll be deeply missed. Bruce Nightingale, who had his own battle, talked about how he was sorry for the family loss and how cancer sucks. Hear, hear, Bruce. Beth Centuria from New York talked about how she always enjoyed her conversations with David. Ian Harrower shared the same message. Levy Naaman, Jack Danger, they both talked about how they had no idea how he was ill. It came on pretty quick, as we'll talk about in a little bit. They also mentioned about his great sense of humor and his smile on his face and his bright attitude. Josh Noble wrote that David was a great guy and he single-handedly helped him get a 12 at Pinburg this year with his heavy metal meltdown tips and knowledge of how Aerosmith was playing. There were other nice notes from Sanjay Shaw, Charlie Norris, David Yop. You can find those on the Facebook page of Pinball Profile and please add to them too. I'm sure the family would appreciate it. Those are some of the people that shared their thoughts. There are others that wanted to share their thoughts and I thought I'd give them a call, including the Alabama State IFPA Director, and good friend of David, who lives in Birmingham as well. He joins us right now. Chris Warren. Chris, thanks very much for doing this on a difficult time, for sure. Yeah, it's not the the cheeriest of times, but um, it's good to to talk about David Taylor and the legacy that he left and the pinball side of David. When someone passes away, it's easy to mourn, and uh, we certainly are doing that, as many people across the pinball community are thinking of David, but I like to remember the good times, and boy, if there was a guy whose nickname was Mr. Goodtime, it would be David Taylor. He was a fun guy to be around, and uh, you've known him for a few years there in Alabama. Yes, uh, I met David in, uh, right at the end of 2015, and he wanted to play in our league, but it was too uh, late in the season to join in. But he came to uh, our Game of Thrones launch party 
and did really well in it. You know, he just jumped in with both feet. I mean, you can look at his IFPA profile, and, and you can see how many events he participated in, in in a relatively short period of time. He was really into it. Yeah, he definitely was into it, and I know we've gotten together on several occasions, not just David, myself, but you as well, and I think of some good times we might have had in Louisville, Kentucky. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, fireball shots. <laughs> that, was a, that was one of David's things. Uh, in fact, it's funny, we, uh, we, did a, we did a little tournament at his house one time, but it was, not a, it was not an IFPA tournament. It was more of just a fun thing, but, you know, we just did a little small tournament. We ran it on match play. And I named that tournament the uh, Yingling Fireball Invitational in David's honor. Yep. <laughs> yes, Fireball sometimes has led to um, maybe some not-so-wise decisions. And David and I had a good one in Louisville, Kentucky that we were able to laugh about later. And Chris, you actually got out of there right in time. We were at that bar, you know, everything closed down for the night. And here's, it's not like I'm a big drinker by any means. In fact, I can't remember the last drink I had at my house, but when you go on these trips and you're stuck at a hotel and you've got nowhere else to go, um, Hey, what the heck? You don't have any responsibilities. You don't have to go to work. Why not have a little bit of fun? So David, myself, we the bar closed, and, and this guy who we were talking to at this bar said, I've got a bunch of drinks upstairs, so why not? Right, Chris? I think you bailed at that point. David and I went up in the elevator, and the rest of that story, which I haven't shared on Pinball Profile or anywhere, and boy, did we laugh about it, was everything was fine until that fireman thought it would be great to show everybody, hey, check out my gun. And I quickly sobered up and went, I'm out of here. And he's like, no, no, it's not loaded. I'm like, sorry, 3 a.m., guns, drunk, hotel room, Kentucky. I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I heard that story from David and, and uh, Timothy uh, <laughs> about once the, once the gun came out, Jeff was gone. <laughs> I've never fired a gun. I have nothing against them. It's just not my thing. And he's like, oh, no, the, the clip's off. I'm like, did you take the one out of the chamber? Like, I don't even want to find out. Beat it. I'm out of here. After that, David... Thought it would be a neat idea to redo that trip just without the guns, maybe at Pinburg. And he showed me all these bottles of Fireball whiskey and some other things. And I said, hey, man, I, I can't do that. I'm bringing my kids to uh, Pinburg, but maybe another time. And we've had other times since then, too. And uh, mm-hmm. the Buffalo Pinball Summer Open, where three of us were all asked together, too. And uh, that was a good time. And after the show was all done, we went to the Seneca Casino. And sadly, at that time, we were all talking about Drew Sidonia and his father passing away. And that was a yeah. that was a tough time. But uh, David was there for Drew. And he was just a good guy all around. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was kind of... Uh Something that, you know, it was it was a thing that happened unexpectedly with Drew's father and, and then, you know, probably less than two months later David was gone. It was a real shocker, real shocker. But, you know, he was he was a great guy. He was a huge, huge Alabama fan. He he was a he was a season ticket holder for many, many years. And he would grill out extravagant stuff and he would always uh, be ready, getting ready for the ball game. And if he wasn't at the game, he would be at home, and he would he would text me what was on his grill that day and stuff like that. It was, a, and, and I would you know send him what what little thing I had going on. His was always this really you know extravagant stuff on the on the big green egg he was cooking. You know, and, uh, it was something else, man. I certainly got to meet him and you through pinball, but it was the other things that I was really interested in about David, and he knew I liked music a lot, and his nickname for me actually was Red Barchetta, as <laughs> as the Rush song goes, and yeah. he's also a former ginger too, and I 
got a kick out of his love for Slayer, and he saw that oh, band yeah. several times. And it warms my heart to know that this summer he got to not only see the band play and maybe one of their last shows, but you know he, he ponied up and he got to go backstage and meet his heroes. And I, I I always like hearing stories like that. He was very much into into that. I remember when I had known him all that long, and he was telling me, "Oh yeah, we're we're flying to it was either Michigan or Minnesota to uh, to go up there." Specifically, just to see Metallica and then fly back home, and uh, yeah, and he, he he went to Slayer, and yeah, and he, he he paid for the VIP package where he got to go backstage and meet the guys and get their autographs and everything, and that was kind of like a, a lifelong dream to him. He was such a big Slayer fan, and then you know um, there was not long we were me and you were talking about this not it was not long before that Buffalo trip uh, that David and I saw uh, Ted Nugent together right, right here at a little small club in Birmingham. Probably couldn't have been more than six or 800 people there. And uh, he just loved to go see live music. And his tastes varied, too, I'll tell you, because he, you know, he loved the, the heavy metal and the Slayer and the stuff like that. But he also loved a, uh, a group called Die Antwoord, if you've ever heard of Die Antwoord. Yolandi Visser and uh, Ninja, that's uh, a rap group. Uh, hmm. from South Africa, and he was really into them. And so whenever we'd go on these, you know, trips that were drivable, like driving to Atlanta or driving to Louisville, trips like that, uh, he would have the die and would cranked up in the car. It was it was awesome. You know, Chris, that's funny you should mention that about Ted Nugent because I did that interview with Ted Nugent, and a lot of people didn't like that I did the interview, and I respect that. And I also mm-hmm. tell everyone, if you don't like it, don't listen. But there are people out there that actually do like the person. And I never would have met David if it wasn't for that interview because that's when he reached out to me and said, hey, I just saw him in concert with Chris and uh, I loved your interview and uh, it was a good show. So if that alone was the only reason uh, I did that, I'm glad I got to meet somebody and David and yourself as well too. And the one other thing that always comes to mind too, and you would know this more, especially being there right in Birmingham, Alabama, every single time I talked to David, at some point in that conversation, we talked about our families and man, did he love his wife. And uh, I know Eileen loved David too. And uh, I'm really thinking a lot about her too. Yep. Yep. You know, I I'd known David for a little while before I found out he had uh, before I ever met David, um, he had had a kidney transplant, and uh, it was his wife, Eileen, who actually donated the kidney to him, so they had a, a, a real bond there, you know. But yeah, he, he even though he didn't have children, you know, he was a real family man. His extended family just goes on and on, and uh, in fact, uh, the funeral is Thursday, and um, you know, I'll, I will actually get to meet a lot of his extended family that I've never met before. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that he certainly touched, and not just in Alabama, but all across North America mm-hmm. and probably the world, too. He's just a, a great guy and uh, going to be missed. It's such a, an aggressive form of cancer that he had, and just, I mean, he called you, he called me two weeks ago. I was actually able to see him through FaceTime, and it was uh, very heartwarming to talk to him, and he, at the time, sadly, said, you know, I think the worst is over, and uh, we'll see what happens with chemo starting next week, and then... Unfortunately, as we know, ICU and uh, didn't come out of it, but certainly gave it a great fight. And uh, man, I'm going to miss the guy. And as you know, the three of us were staying together at Free Play Florida, and uh, we'll have to have a drink in his honor. Yes, we will. We're going to still do this thing, and we'll we'll do it in David's honor for sure. But yeah, uh, back to what you were saying about the the quickness of it. He called me. um, He had been in the hospital for a little while, and he called me. um, It was just a few hours before he was going to begin his chemo. And he sounded really weak, but he had good spirits. And he was like, you know, I just got to beat this thing. And uh, one of the last things he said to me was, you know, I just got to, I just got to get better so I can, you know, come over 
with you and Paula, and we'll have a, a night of pinball, you know, and that was one of the last things that uh, that he said to me. So, yeah. yeah, it was shortly after that. He was moved to the ICU, and, uh, you know, within a month of him being admitted in the hospital, he was gone. It was a, an extremely quick thing. Yeah, he uh, he went through hell for sure for those uh, sad weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and when I talked to him on Facebook, he said, you know, I'm feeling better. I know I look like hell. And I said to him, David, you've never looked good, so don't worry about that. And he, <laughs> he got a laugh. And uh, and I said, man, I love you, brother. And uh, roll tide. And he gave me the roll yep. tide. And and that's how he ended it. I wish there was more of that. But uh, it's always nice to let the people that you care about know how you feel about them. And uh, I was glad to let David know that. And he really uh, was an important part of my pinball life. And, and just, you know, I want more people like that in my life because he's a good guy. Yeah, he was. He was. He was one of those just always active, and it blew my mind sometimes how I'm 53 and he's 46, so he was younger than me, but not a, not a lot younger than me, and it would blow my mind that he was, you know, I mean, it would be a weeknight at 8.30, and I'd be texting him, he's like, oh, I gotta go, me and uh, Phil are fixing to walk into a movie, you know, or um, he and his wife would be out to dinner, and it'd be 9 o'clock on a weeknight, and they just, he was just always about go 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 and in fact uh you know i i'm a, i'm a, i tend to sleep a lot <laughs> more than one occasion david told me come on man you can sleep when you die so he, he was just a go getter always active just amazed me that he had that much energy you know, because i don't have that energy and i'm only a few more years ahead than he was so uh he was always uh trying to experience you know life to the fullest at all times he did indeed chris thanks very much and i'll see you in a few weeks Okay, Jeff. Thanks. It was easy for Chris to cross paths with David because they were in the same city, but as I've said here in near Toronto, Canada, David really reached out to a lot of different people. Another person who goes to a lot of tournaments and saw David, Greg Pavarelli in New York City. Greg, thanks for coming on today. Jeff, how you doing? Good, and it's good to be talking to you too as we talk about uh, David and uh, what he went through in just a short time with his cancer, and I don't need to talk to you about that. You've certainly had your scare here in 2018, and... Uh, and David actually opened up to you about it, didn't he? Yeah, you know, um, I've played with David a couple times over the years, definitely seen him at tournaments, really nice guy. And I think in Buffalo it was kind of clear that I was sick or, or not myself as, you know, I lost my hair and I lost a lot of weight, didn't look like myself. And he had definitely approached me and gave me some kind words of support. And we chatted, had a nice talk talked about hanging out afterwards, actually. Such a nice guy and a really, really... Um, supportive person for me when I was in Buffalo and I actually didn't even know he was sick uh, it's just one of those things where we have such a great community in the in the pinball community everybody's so so close with one another which is it's like seeing a uh, family when we go to these things you know you're right Greg when you talk about the support of the pinball community and I see it on social media too with so many people uh, reaching out to those that are sick whether it be yourself or, or other people too especially in the New York area there's a uh, a really, really touching story as I see a lot of people travel to see, let's just call her this angel in New York. And I don't want to say her name because I don't know if she wants that out there or her husband, but uh, definitely we're all seeing those posts on Facebook uh, of, of the support for people who are certainly going through some tough times. And, and you've been there. You obviously saw the support as well. It's, it's nice to know that community's out there. Yeah, you know, it's um, a lot of people fighting battles at the same time. And it really is um, a humbling experience when you're going through such a tough time and other friends are as well, but there's so many people out there that care about you. And um, I really would say that, you know, I found a lot of um, 
for lack of a better word, I found support just going out to the pinball stuff and being there with friends and family and feeling like I was doing my normal thing. And definitely it's just like an extended family everywhere you go. You travel all of these cities all across the country and you're there to have a good time and, and enjoy something that you're passionate about. But at the same time, it's it's really touching the way that the pinball community really did stand behind me. And I appreciated that very much. And I know so many of us are sad about David. Nothing but great memories of, of the times that I had with him. Yeah, Greg, that's probably now my favorite thing about going to these events. You can play pinball anywhere, and you can even play it at your home if you're lucky enough. And it's more of the people that you get to meet. And there are people from all walks of life, and you really get to know them on a personal level, like yourself. You know, I never would have met you, Greg. And how many times do you think of us talking to each other? Never would have met you if it wasn't for pinball. And now I consider you a great friend. And your story and what you've gone through, we're going to be hearing a little bit more, and I do want to plug it because they're great guys and you're a great guy. You're going to be on Slam Tilt Podcast coming up very, very soon, this month, in fact, to share your story with uh, Bruce and Ron, and I recommend everyone listen to that. And glad to see you're doing well, and I know I'll see you very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, It's definitely uh, one of those things where good friends like yourself that I've made over the last couple of years, it wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for all of us and us traveling and and, and playing tons of pinball, but um, those friends are going to be for life probably. I uh, value that very much, and uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking more about it on Slam Tilt, and thanks for having me on. Uh, rest in peace, David. All my condolences to his family. Another person with some fond memories of David Taylor would be Will Cruza of Nashville, and Will joins us right now. Hey, Will, thanks very much for doing this. Hey, no problem. I actually met you through David. You came up to the Louisville Arcade Expo with David, and David drove and picked, I guess, I guess Nashville's on the way, so he picked you up, and Tim Street was there, and, and Chris, and uh, I'm not surprised he has so many different friends from all over. Yeah, David, um, I have a little girl, a seven-year-old, so it's difficult for me to make a lot of, like, the tournaments and the big shows, because they almost predominantly happen on the weekend, but David would travel, I mean, he's been to Indisc, he's been to Buffalo, he's been to, he went to Cleveland, so... All over, so a lot of different pinball players know him all over the country. I met David, I'd say, I only actually knew him for about three and a half years, but we actually met at the Louisville Arcade Expo. He had come up with Chris Warren and Timmy Street, who Chris has been in the scene forever, and we would go to shows together, and we ended up, it was about three years ago, and we ended up at a taco place that had various tequilas, <laughs> that you could try and sample, right? Yeah, for those who are listening who don't know, Chris Warren does not actually drink at all, and Timmy Street was 18 at the time. So David wanted to try some tequila, and I was game. And through the magic of tequila and just conversation, we really hit it off and had a lot in common. And he's one of the few people that I actually hung out with outside of pinball because the thing about David is he also he really loved music, and he loved Slayer, Metallica, and a lot of those bands would come to Nashville, Bridgestone. So he would frequent up here into the Nashville area, and while he was in town, he would hit me up, and we'd go out, and we'd, we'd have some beers. And uh, He was also an avid uh, soccer fan, and Nashville just got a soccer team, but they would do, like, US Team USA would play uh, Team Panama, so he and his wife would come up. His uh, wife is actually from Panama. Yeah, he definitely loved music, and kind of like Chris Warren, I'm not a big drinker myself, although if I'm in Vegas and they're handing it to you for free and you don't have to go anywhere, 
hit me up. I'm all about it. It's it's a lot of fun or whatever. And no I, one's. I, get- see, I seem to recall outside the back of David truck <laughs> uh, a different a different story. Well, so. that's the same thing. All right. So David pulls up in his great car, and you're there, and that's when I met you and Chris. And he pulls up. I didn't know this came with a car. The car had a bar in it, pretty much, and uh, that was great, especially when the bar is closed. David frequently traveled with a bar, and. <laughs> It was, he always had some bourbon or some fireball and he was always willing to share. I think my first glass of bourbon I've ever had was with David and yourself. And I can tell you right now, it's going to be the last one. I know, sorry, Kentucky. I know you like those distilleries and, uh, my goodness, uh, I'll use bourbon, but it's going in my gas tank. That stuff is pure fire, fireball. I can do not (laughs) bourbon. It was, it was too strong for my liking, but, uh, that was a good trip and, so you actually have the truth to what happened that weird night when the bar closed and we met somebody who was a fireman or something like he, that. He worked security. So he was just there at the bar and he had a he had a penthouse suite at the hotel. This wasn't where the, the Louisville show was. It was the hotel right beside it. It's right beside yeah. it. And this guy had a room up in the penthouse and the bar had just closed and he said he had some good bourbon, Kentucky bourbon. Would we like to partake in it? And we had had a few, as of yourself and David. So we said, sure. And we, <laughs> How far <laughs> is it? And does the elevator get us there? Is there walking involved? No, we're good. All right, let's do it. It was right there. And uh, he invited us up. And sure enough, he had some, I forget the, the brand, but he had some really good Kentucky bourbon. It was a, a local place. But we were, we were drinking the bourbon, and you had, you had gone to the bathroom. Sure. It was a sausage party and I had to make sure I looked great and everything was fine to, for all you good Kentucky oh, yeah. boys and uh, Tennessee boys and Alabama boys. Yeah, You know, we love our redheaded Canadians <laughs> down south. So, yeah, you went into the bathroom and he, uh, he was a security guard, so he had a firearm. And he took the bullets out and he took the bullet out of the chamber to, just to show us the type of gun he had. And David and I were looking at it. And you exited the bathroom as he had his gun out and we were kind of looking at it, you, you freaked out a little bit. I freaked out. I just said, see you guys, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, naturally, naturally. And we were, we were trying to, whoa, it's okay. You know, he's not, we're not hostages. It wasn't about the hostage. I just thought, Hey, you know, real men play Russian roulette or something stupid like that. Everyone, there wasn't a sober person there. I'll tell you who got sober me immediately. When I saw that gun, <laughs> I'm like, I am out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love competitive pinball, but I'm not taking it to the level of Russian roulette. So, By the way, I don't even know what the laws are in each state. I don't know what the carry laws are. I didn't want to find out either. I wasn't going to certainly ask, are you allowed to have that? Uh, I was just like, hey, man, you're cool. I'm out of here. See you. Beat it. Yeah, I, I think he was completely legal. So Okay. All right. Well, we live to tell about it, and uh, I guess you guys had a good laugh about that. But, uh, I mean, talk about laughs. My goodness. Uh David gave me a good laugh all the time, and we saw him at different places. You know, even when I didn't see him, I was at the IFPA 15 Championships, which was pretty exciting for me, right? The top 64 players in the world playing for this big championship. And he's following along online. It wasn't even being streamed. Like, scores were being updated on the IFPA website so he could see my status. And and I was actually doing quite well in the first six rounds. And he was sending me notes, hey, keep it up, keep it up. And I just thought, wow, that's... Not many people were doing that, and David was one of those guys, and I just thought that was really cool of him. David was one of those guys. He was he was really big into it, and even if he wasn't at the competition, he was definitely streaming. He's one of those guys that would watch the stream for six, seven hours just to see how everybody was doing. I remember texting him a couple of times because uh, he qualified. One of his greatest like pinball 
achievements was qualifying for Buffalo, I believe it was. Yeah. Which was, he got in there, and we, uh, several of us joked, because, you know, I, I call myself B player for life, and there's a couple of us that were B player for life, and David, David was kind of in there with us, too. He had won uh, B division of Pinvasion 3, and he was slowly making the transition from B to A, and was actually actually achieving that you know qualifying for buffalo is huge and then he actually to his kind of annoyance he got locked out of b division in louisville so he couldn't play in b division anymore he had gotten too high in rank well you know he <laughs> he was a good player too i know he played a lot of dollar games and things like that and uh saw him at those competitions he certainly was passionate so when you have the passion that's half the battle and you know it was going to come around we're going to miss him for sure aren't we bud no man I don't know. Going to shows like there's a there's a local Nashville show they do every year in November. But some of the I don't I don't know the next time I'm going to make it to one man. To be honest with you, if you saw us, Louisville and Atlanta were the two that I I went to the most. We were always together, and usually there were some shots of fireball involved. But it's going to be rough for a while. It is, man. We're thinking of him and his family and uh, Will. I don't know when I'll see you next, but I uh, wish you all the best there in Nashville and. Uh, We'll all take a little shot in honor of David. Next time I see you, we definitely will. Okay, bud. Thanks very much, Will. All right. Thank you, everyone who came on and talked about David Taylor. I thank you for also putting up those posts on the Pinball Profile page on Facebook. I'm not sure I know what else to say other than I'm going to miss David very, very much. I definitely cherish the times we had. I get to look back at the lengthy messenger notes that we sent to each other, including the time, and I'm reading this right now, this one message he sent me, he talked about how he was bummed that I wasn't going to the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I told him I had a baseball tournament for my son's team. He said, awesome, you know, I'm an old baseballer myself. I played college, hit leadoff, played center field. My fat butt used to be extremely fast, hard to believe. I know, LOL. I told him I played up until I was 44, and he said, yeah, I stopped at 38. Really enjoyed it. Then I got fat and lazy. Well, David, I don't think of you as fat and lazy. Think of you as an amazing human being, a man who loved his family, loved his friends, and even though you're gone, you're still going to be loved, buddy. And on that note, let the people you love know how you feel about them. David, you were way, way too young, full of life, but you left us with some amazing memories. Thanks very much for listening.